Yo, what's going on, you guys? And welcome back to the Push the Tempo podcast. It's your boy, Ari. And as always, I'm with my guy, Kyle. And man, we just had the all-star break um, last week. And it was pretty entertaining for me, at least. I know a lot of people hated on it, um, rightfully so. I mean, I have my specific reasons, and we'll talk about that later on in this pod. And then also we have, we're going to be talking about some of the, the players that ended up getting traded and bought out. Specifically, one player in particular, which will probably be in the headline because, you know, you guys know how it is, man. Kyle is very happy about this. So first of all, congratulations to Kyle for that. And then uh, second of all, yeah, Kyle, where do you want to take this from? Thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess I guess we'll start with the All-Star break um, or All-Star weekend, I guess. So me personally, I don't know about you. My favorite part of All-Star weekend has always been the three-point contest. Um this all-star game, you know, it kind of varies from whether or not it's going to be competitive. For the most part, it hasn't been competitive the last couple of years, outside of a couple of outliers. Um, the dunk contest was really cool when Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon were, you know, going head-to-head. But it's just really hard for there to be, like, originality in the dunk contest now. So the three-point contest, to me, has always been, like, the, the most entertaining. I just like I just like seeing the, the best shooters in the league compete for it. Um Best shooters in the league, so obviously they put Julius Randle in there for some reason. Um, but it was, it's funny. He wasn't even the worst shooter in the first round. It was Kevin Huerter, which I did not expect. I, I expected Kevin Huerter to go farther than he did. Uh, but Dame won. Dame was insane. Tyrese Halliburton had, like, a really good showing. He has a very very weird jump shot, but he had a really good showing. Um, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on the three-point contest. Yeah, so uh, first of all, screw that that specific um competition this this year because i lost a ton of money man um honestly bro kevin Hurd sold me out tyler hero missed by one um that that was pathetic and then obviously my guy tatum he kind of underperformed as well so uh that kind of sucked to see but all biasness out of the uh, you know aside um i do like the three-point contest man and even though Dame won, which he wasn't my pick to win, I actually had um, uh, the obvious choice was Buddy Heald, but my uh, my my dark horse was Anthony Simons, who ended up getting hurt. You know, you talked about that with the Randall. So I mean, I was kind of going for Buddy Heald, you know what I mean? But yeah, sometimes I feel like not the best shooter necessarily wins, which is which is a part of like the whole competition thing. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Dame won. It is what it is. Still entertaining to me, not nonetheless. So I did enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it usually comes down to whoever can catch a rhythm, um, and Dame was the one who did it. I mean, uh, Halliburton did as well. Um, but once, like, like if if guys miss like a ton of shots in their first two shooting racks, you know, it starts getting in their head a little bit. Tatum was in the competition as well. I thought he was. Uh, I actually don't even remember how he did. Wait, can but... can I say one thing on on Tatum real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so he had a really weird and interesting strategy. So um, he started off with the money ball first rack, which he obviously ended up missing pretty much. I think he missed all the five shots for the for the money ball rack, which was his first rack. So I feel like if you're a shooter, don't you want to get in rhythm and then keep the money ball rack towards the end? Yeah, so that's a like... great that's a great point. Um, like you would think that a guy would want to you know get his legs under him first and not come out completely cold and shoot the money mm-hmm. rack ball, the money money ball rack. There you go. Uh, first that's weird like i know he's he's really good on the wing like that's kind of right. where his best three-point shooting is i guess um, not like from the top of the key and not from like the corner but like more like in between that area like the wing from three so it's kind of weird you're right that he started with that so from there if it's cool i guess we move on to dunk contest I, and we're going to quickly go sure. through the all-star weekend it was pretty uneventful um 
Jericho Sims kind of to me, man, the dunk contest is kind of the worst event of All Star Weekend. Uh, that and the, the skills competition sucks. Like I think we can agree on that. Look, Giannis is great. The the nepotism that Giannis is getting for his brothers is just like that might be greater than any any accomplishment he ever has in the NBA is the fact that his brothers are still in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, you know, the skills competition, what can be said about it that hasn't already been said, it kind of sucks now. Um, like, man, we went from Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, Darren Williams, Deron Williams, I don't know how you pronounce it, but these guys in the contest to, like, I don't know, man. I, I, it's just really, it's kind of sad how far it's fallen. Um, yeah, uh, the dunk contest kind of uneventful. Mac McClung had some cool dunks, but I feel like people are, Kind of overhyping it a little bit. Like, one of his dunks was really great. Like, I, I will definitely give him credit for that. One where he jumped over somebody, tapped the ball against the backboard, and then dunked it. That was really cool. The rest of it was kind of uneventful. Kind of sucks that Shaden Sharp got hurt. He was a guy I was most looking forward to, like, seeing what he could do in the dunk contest because, like, we've talked about his his athleticism is, is unreal. So, yeah, sorry I went on a bit long. I want to get your, your thoughts on the dunk contest. Uh, first of all, dunk contest, I did not watch. Um, I've seen the highlights, so we'll leave it at that. I did have a KJ Martin. Um, that's his name, right? KJ Martin, Junior. Yeah, Kenyon Martin. Yeah, Kenyon Martin. Yeah, yeah. So I had no, no, it's KJ. It's KJ, but KJ, that's Kenyon Martin's dad. Right, right, right. So I had uh, KJ as my underdog because I've seen him like, I feel like the way he he like he kind of like, levitates when he when he jumps. You know what I mean? So that was my dark horse. Obviously, Mac McClung won. So there's that. Um, I'm not gonna speak too much on that. Um, skills competition. Dude, they gotta stop doing, putting the Antetokounmpo's in there, man. Like, respectfully, um, they they're not really particularly skilled. Even Giannis oh, himself, man. like, come on. Look, be, Giannis, Giannis be... is a good player. It's not he about is, Giannis. His brothers just aren't good basketball, like NBA players. Like, right, right. They should it's, not be. It's a skills competition, bro. Put exactly. Like, put like, I I don't want to say, this, but put good basketball players in the skills competition. I shouldn't mm-hmm. say unskilled, right? But put good basketball players in the skills competition. Dude, I don't seriously, like I don't think I don't think a single one of them hit a three, man. Like, dude, it was so it bad. It's it's terrible. Okay, they were a... missing floaters, dog. That was so yeah, bad. Yeah. And it's fine. Like it was cool the first time they did it. You know what I mean? But like, where they got to run them back with the same three brothers? Like, they yeah, did it last sucks, year. You know man. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, uh, but I, I did like I do like seeing the rookies in there. Um, they. You know, last year they did it, this year they did it, and then the hometown team. I think it's fine. They just have to find that third other option, you know what I mean, if they want to keep it that way. But I do prefer having, like, the All-Stars do it because it's not like you're going to get injured from that or you're going to get hurt for it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess from there, if it's cool, uh, we don't really need to touch on the dunk contest much more. Uh, let's talk about the All-Star game. Um, it's, uh, it's it, you know, it's kind of become a little bit, Played out the last couple of years, the 2020 All Star Game, like they were literally, they're really playing hard, man. Like to close the game, it was really cool to see. Uh, you know, obviously that was the year Kobe passed away, so I think that had a little bit, put a little bit extra into it. Tatum obviously won the finals, uh, not the finals, the All Star Game MVP, which was really cool. He went insane. Him and Jalen Brown had like a, I guess a two minute stretch where they were kind of going one on one, which was kind of cool. But um, yeah, man, the game kind of sucked, to be to be honest. To the shock of no one, there was not much defense being played. Yeah, that's kind of kind of really all I had to say about it. Yeah, I mean, the defense that they did play was on that one-on-one position, Brown and Tatum. I mean, even then, they weren't, like, jumping to contest. They were just jumping to jump. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that and wasn't real it. defense. But... And, like, I, I get it. I get it from a player's perspective. You don't want to go hard in the mm-hmm. game again. And risk getting injured, like, it's a, it's a meaningless game, really, right? 
So I, I understand it. But at the same time, like, like there's really no point of it if they're just going to just walk. It's basically a lamp line. Like, that's basically what it is. And exactly. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. really see any any reason to continue to have the all-star. Like, I get it. They have all-stars and all-NBA and all that because, you know, it's tied into contracts. But, like, there's no point in having the game. It's just going to be that boring. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I did want to point out one thing that I saw. Um, I wish I had the statistic in front of me, but apparently this was like one of the least viewed all-star games of like all time, if not the least viewed, um, at least in recent history. Um, and it was lower than the Pro Bowl, which is a football all-star break. And then also like the MLB one. So I just had to point that out there. You know, people aren't really messing with it. So there's that. But one other thing um, to kind of preface that, um, obviously, Katie didn't play, Steph didn't play. LeBron, the one dude that was actually trying, he got hurt and didn't end up playing the second half. And then um, um, who's the other guy? Yeah, those, Gian, those Giannis, three. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. He played Giannis, the yep. first possession. Then he uh, he got a dunk, intentionally fouled himself down because he has like a wrist injury or something like that. Right. So that's like four out of the potential – basically four out of the top six players, I'd say, that – in the NBA that just didn't play. So there's that. Anyways, yeah, yeah, we can yeah. move on from here. Yeah, let's uh let's move on to the buyout guys. So uh, there's a couple guys, you know, we we came up with a list. Um let's quickly talk about the guys who have signed, and then I guess we'll talk about sure. the guys who remain unsigned. So I guess first let's start with Kevin Love. He was bought out by the Cavs and he assigned with the Miami Heat. Just uh, you know, off the top, what is your expectation for Kevin Love in Miami and how do you think he fits with what they're trying to do? I think they'll use him as kind of um pretty much what his role was already on the Cavs. Like it's kind of like a veteran presence to come in and kind of shoot the ball and do veteran esque stuff. You know what I mean? Like manage the floor type of stuff. You know what I mean? Nothing too crazy, but like kind of ease into a role where you can kind of be that veteran presence. You know what I mean? Um, But if you're asking me if this was a good or bad signing or if this will pay off, I really don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. Like I do think he'll get minutes. But I don't think he's going to be anything worthwhile, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate this signing for them. Uh, you know, coming into the year, a big question was them, like, what would they do with the power forward position? And it's, it's been a little weird, right, for them. They've been starting like one of the Martin twins. I forget which one. I think it's, I think it's Caleb, but I'm not sure. They both look exactly alike. Yeah, it's Caleb. Um, yeah. So, so, but and they badly need three point shooting. They're like the 28th ranked shooting. In, like three-point shooting team in terms of percentage. Like they're not a good three-point shooting team. Uh, they also don't like they they take like tenth most attempts. It's not like they don't put them up. Um, but they they badly needed a boost in shooting. Uh, so I, I like that for them. It would be interesting to see how they play him like on the court with um with with Bam. I think it'll be interesting because he's like he's a little bit older. We know like we know his defensive deficiencies. Uh, it'll be interesting to see like what kind of defense they play him. Maybe they have him guarding the center and have Bam like on the perimeter guarding the switchable fours because Bam is a lot more, he's a lot better like laterally defending. He's a pretty good defender, uh, just switchable as well. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's really all I have of Kevin Love. I don't mind the signing for them. I, I like it. They, they needed more shooting. They needed another guy who just put up more threes and just, they needed all, they badly needed an offensive boost. Like they're one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA. Uh, right. Give me, give me one second. Let me just pull up the number. I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're, they're the 26th ranked offense in the NBA. So they're not, they're not good offensively. 
Um, so yeah, that that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, and uh, well, let me ask you one quick question before we move on. Do you think that, like, you know, this was a decent move by the cast? Because, like, to be honest, he could be that rotation. Like, he could be a good rotational piece. Like, even if it's five, six minutes for the cast, they just kind of gave up on him. Like, I know I mean, he was shooting, like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they gave up on him. They just kind of, he kind of yeah. fell out of their rotation, you know? Like, and they don't really need him. Like, their biggest issue now isn't power forward. It's, like, the forward, the, the small forward. And, we, and we'll talk about the guy who they signed. Um, yeah. And Isaac Okoro has kind of played a little bit better as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they don't need another big. Like, they have Jared Allen and, and Evan Mobley. So, probably gotcha. give Kevin Love more of an opportunity to go somewhere where he can play more minutes. So I, That's I, true. I, uh, I think they did good to uh, move on from him. Yeah, I mean, he was shooting like 20% from three in January. So I don't know if that was one of the reasons to kind of let him go. But yeah, yeah. we can move on. Yeah, uh, so I guess from there we can move on to Reggie Jackson. Uh, he was traded to Charlotte. Obviously, we talked about that. and He was bought out and signed with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, just off the top of your head, what is your what is your opinion on, on this signing? And, you know, where do you think he fits with Denver? So moving on from Bowens Highland to Reggie Jackson is in terms of talent, it's not really the best thing, but in terms of fit, I think it's definitely an upgrade because I think any player that can't play with Jokic is a huge red flag, um, respectfully. And I know that you, you know, your team, the Clippers, ended up picking Bones Highland, but I think Reggie just fits a lot better with this Denver team. And even if he's coming from the second unit, and even if he has a couple of shared minutes with Jokic, you know what I mean? Like, I think he can put up good numbers. He can play his role well, as long as he plays that role. But, uh, I don't think it was a bad fit at all. I think it's honestly a pretty good fit. Yeah, I don't mind this addition for the Nuggets. Um, like we we talked about it, man. Like the biggest issue with Reggie for the Clippers was that Ty just offered him, just gave him way too big of a role. Like he's a he's a solid enough player if you, you know, kind of put like a, a shorter leash on him. That if he makes a couple of mistakes, you you pull him. But he just didn't have that with the Clippers. Ty just let him play through mistakes and, and hurt the team. Um, I don't think Michael Malone will do that. Like. He is the backup point guard, like for the Clippers, like a lot majority of the year he was starting, he was not good. Jamal Murray is infinitely better than Reggie Jackson, so obviously he's going to start. Um, I don't mind this move for them. Uh, Reggie has hit some big shots, like in the past, and he's not afraid of taking and making those big shots. And he's joining the best team in the Western Conference, like one of the he, he's joining the best offense in the West in the NBA. I think I'm, fa- I'm fairly certain they're the best offense in the NBA. Um, yeah, it's them in Sacramento. They go back and forth like yeah, yeah, every yeah. other week. Yeah, so so I I like this for them. Uh, not not a bad addition. You obviously you like you said they moved on from Bones Island, and I think Reggie just being a veteran presence, being a little bit older, being a bit more mature, he'll be cool with not playing, not playing a ton like Bones Island was. Not cool, not playing a ton. I if I worded that correctly. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of really all I'd say. Solid pickup for Denver. So from there, if it's cool, then I guess we can move on to uh, Terrence Ross, who was bought out by the Orlando Magic. He signed with the with the Phoenix Suns. Like obviously, that's not the biggest signing or trade uh, or acquisition that they had at the deadline. But just wanted to hear your opinion on the um, the Suns picking up Terrence Ross. Dude, I I love Terrence Ross. Um, honestly, he's he's a Celtics killer. He's one of those random ass players that just tend to go off against the Celtics. So that's why I know him for. It. And every time I watch him, he he goes off. And I think he's a solid point. Like, he's a solid three-point shooter. Um, he's a great player overall. I watched his first game with the Suns, and, you know, he – again, he was hitting threes. He was hitting – he was running, getting that mid-range shot up. So, I think he's a great player. I think it's a great fit. And it's an easier role for him. Like, 
like him on the Magic wasn't really going to do anything. And it's weird because I thought like previous years, like he was, his value was like one or two first round picks. I think that's what the Magic were asking for him, at least one pick. So it's kind of weird that they kind of just bought him out without trying to give him a trade. But I mean, the Suns with him, man, it's it's kind of scary. I like it. Uh, I'm not a huge Terrence Ross guy. I think he's kind of just like a shot chucker. He actually he um he had 50 points against the Clippers like a, a while, like a couple years ago. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I don't really think he's that good. But you know, it's kind of just a, a whatever pickup for the Suns. Like they don't necessarily need him to play well. Um. Their their best strength was gonna come from like their top six. I still think they have a pretty solid top six, um, but yeah, I, I, it's whatever. Uh, don't don't hate it, don't love it. I think it's a whatever pickup for the Suns. Uh, from there, if it's cool, I guess we'll move on to Danny Green. Danny Green was bought out. He was traded to Houston. He was bought out by the Rockets, and now he's playing for the Cavs. Which I think I guess most people don't know he was actually drafted by the Cavs. He was either drafted a second round pick or he was signed as like undrafted free agent, but. He actually played like his first game for the Cavs, like in the NBA. So I just wanted to hear your opinion real quick on the Danny Green signing. Um, it's kind of weird because he just came back from the ACL injury and he had one or two games, if, if I'm correct, uh, with the Grizzlies. Then didn't really do much, obviously, you know, coming back from the ACL injury and with his age. But uh, yeah, the Cavs picked him up. Um, I think he's a fine fit. I don't know if he's still able to defend at the level he was when he won, you know, his three chips. Or if he can still shoot the ball, you know what I mean? But I don't know, man. I don't know if it was necessarily the best move or they were just trying to make a run at whoever was available. But, yeah, I mean, he, he could be a piece for them for sure. And I'm pretty biased to Danny Green, so it sounds like I'm hating, but it's actually my guy. You know, like we've been talking about it, the biggest issue for the Cavs has been the three spot. Danny Green's a lot older. Like, this is, this was, if this was, like, 2014 and they had Danny Green, like, they might be the, the favorite in the West, in the East. I'm sorry. They're the best defense in the NBA, um, statistically. Like they've won a ton of games in like their last ten. I think they've won like eight or nine of their last ten. Um, yeah, I, I like this addition. I don't know how much he's gonna play. Like you said, he's coming off an ACL injury and he is a little bit older. But you know, he also provides that veteran presence. He's won championships. He has three championships, three or four. Three. It's three, three. right? Spurs, yeah. Raptors, Lakers. So yeah, you know, he's a veteran presence. He can play a little bit in the playoffs. Um, it remains to be seen, but overall, I like this addition for the Cavs. I think it's a solid one. So from there, I guess we'll move on then to Patrick Beverly going back to Chicago. He's actually originally from Chicago. Um, just off the top of your head, uh, just what's your opinion on Patrick Beverly addition for Chicago? Uh, honestly, man, I don't know what the hell the Chicago Bulls are doing, but I can kind of see it. Like, could you imagine going against a backcourt? Like, I know Lonzo's not healthy and he's actually ruled up for the season, but could you imagine a backcourt? where it's like Lonzo and then Caruso comes in and then Beverly comes in, dude, they're going to give whatever point guard hell. Like, honestly, that that's a pretty good tandem, like those three guys um, defensively. But, yeah, man, I don't really think they're going to do much. We all – we did that pod on the Bulls, you know, a couple months ago where we talked about we don't really see it for them. And, yeah, I still don't see it for them. I love Patrick Beverly as a player. I feel like he could have gone to a lot better places. Like, imagine he was back on your Clippers. That would have been amazing. But, yeah. At the end of the day, it's a signing that I guess makes sense, but really there's no point to it. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to do anything, respectfully. Yeah, I mean, but hey, wait, about... wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They could do one thing. Ready? Right. They could win a playoff play-in game, and then Beverly will, you know, do his uh do his whole routine, man, part two. Uh, 
that was funny, man. Like I was rooting. Like I also love Pat. Uh, <laughs> I really like the Timberwolves last year. Like I, I like that they finally made the playoffs. Uh, so I didn't really mm-hmm. care like when he was doing all that. Uh, but it's it's just, it's just funny. Uh, okay, so I I like this move for the Bulls. Like we talked about it. Like they're probably one of the bigger losers of the deadline. Uh, they stood pat with a team. Stood pat. You see what it is there? They stood. Yeah. They kind of, <laughs> nice. they kind of just stayed like with what they were and what they are isn't great. It's a little weird. Like they've been really, they've been solid defensively. Their offense is kind of just cratered. Um, they're one of the worst offenses in the NBA since the start of the new year. Not since our, at least since the start of February. They've been really bad offensively, and it's kind of like what you'd expect that without Lonzo, who was a vital, not just vital to their defense, but really vital to their offense. We've not talked about it enough that they really miss his his volume three point shooting. They don't really get that from anywhere else on the roster outside of, like, Zach Levine. Like, Vooch, is, he's a fine three-point shooter, but Zach is really the only other guy who's, like, great at it, right, outside of Lonzo. Caruso, I really like Caruso defensively. He's kind of become guard P.J. Tucker that he doesn't shoot the ball enough anymore. Um, like, we know DeRozan is not a strong – that's not a strength in his game. Um, Ayo Desumu doesn't do it consistently. Patrick Williams, same thing. So they really missed that from Lonzo. And will they get that from Patrick Beverly? Probably not, but he's a solid enough three-point shooter. Not on like extremely high volume, but that's something they'll get. And also, I know this doesn't really talk about basketball, but they just they're just stale, man. They needed like an injection of energy. They they need somebody who's gonna come in there and give some life to that team because really it feels like they've just been going through the motions and not really giving a shit for a while. So that's why that's why I like that addition for them. And also see Pat play at home is kind of a cool story, you know. Patrick Beverly gets to play in front of his in in his hometown is kind of cool to see. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, man. Like, that is a cool story. I, I like it. When you put it that way, I like it. Even though I wish Pat Beverly would go on, like, a championship-level team. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see him win. That's my guy right there. Do we have any more left? Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll I guess we'll touch on the guys who have been bought out, and then we'll talk about the last guy. The guys who have been mm. bought out and not signed. Uh, because I figured the last guy we're going to talk about, we're going to go on the longest about. Um, but okay, so Will Barton got bought out, or he's getting, he's in the process of getting bought out by the Wizards. Um, he has yet to be signed with anybody. I think RJ Hampton has been bought out as well by the Magic. There just wasn't enough minutes for RJ Hampton yeah. on the, I, I don't know if he's good or not. Like, I watched the Magic a little bit. He hasn't played too much. Um, but Cole, Cole Anthony is better than him. Jalen Suggs is better than him. Markel Fultz. But Markel Fultz, sneaky. Like, who would have thought that two years ago, if you told me, Markel Fultz was better than Ben Simmons. Like, what would you say if I told you that? I told you you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. Markel Fultz, and this is not just a Ben Simmons, like, slander or whatever. Like, he's obviously struggled a lot this year, but it is, it's kind of a bounce back for Markel Fultz. He's incredible. I love watching him play. Um, So, yeah, there weren't enough minutes, really, for RJ Hampton in Orlando. He's got bought now. I think I saw somewhere that the Pistons may be interested in him. I think they got him already. No, okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a flyer, like, whatever. Uh, they don't really, I don't really see it, like what they're doing with, with him. Like they have, obviously, Cade's done for the year. They have Jane and Ivy. And, you know, they're, I guess they're aiming in the women, you know, sweet stakes next year. But we'll see. Um, yeah, that's, uh, and then Justin Holiday as well. I think Justin Holiday got bought out by, where did he play? Did he play the Hawks. The okay, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't, I mean, maybe just take like a flyer on a guy who can hit some threes once in a while and play small forward. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, Kind of, I don't. I just want to hear your opinion. Sorry, but went on a bit. 
No, you're good. I mean, Justin Holiday. I don't want to say he's relevant. He has over a thousand um, career three pointers, which is solid. You know, he's been he's kind of a veteran. He's been in the league for a while now. But yeah, I don't think he's necessarily the best type of player. I mean, I don't know why the Hawks really needed to move on from him. I don't really know what the Hawks are doing right now. But now that the Mavs got him, I don't think he's a bad fit. Like honestly, anyone's a good fit with Luca. So even if he gives five to ten minutes max with Luca, you know, or Kyrie as one of those uh, 3-and-D type of guys. I don't think it's a bad fit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Okay, I guess now um, the guy everybody has been waiting for us to talk about, uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook was bought out, was obviously traded by the Lakers to the Utah Jazz. He was bought out by the Jazz, and he assigned with the, with the Clippers. Um, I, I guess I'll let you go first, and I guess we'll, we'll have like a little bit in-depth discussion about it. What are your just opinions on, on this signing? Honestly, before like any of the conversation started, I thought that if Westbrook was ever traded and bought out, I don't think a single team would actually want him on their team because, for example, a tanking team, they'd be able to win games with him. He's not bad enough. Like He can get like wins, you know what I mean? Like, he's not bad enough to be on a tanking team and actually make them tank. So I thought that you know a tanking team, why would they want and then on the other side of things, he's not good enough to be on like a championship level team. Like I feel like he does more negative things than positive things. But I mean, I guess that can be kind of spinned. But either way, like I didn't think he was good enough to like kind of elevate that team. So now that the Clippers signed him, honestly, man, I'm kind of uh, rewarding my decision here because obviously um, the report just came out, I think yesterday or earlier today that uh, PG actually wanted him so Paul George was the guy that like kind of called for him to get into onto the Clippers so I don't know how you feel about that I guess you could touch up on that in a little bit but I don't know man Westbrook with the fresh air you know what I mean like new scenario and everything like that I don't know man maybe he kind of adjusts his role I mean he already took a hit to his pride I mean he's already getting paid so that's another thing but coming off the bench from the Lakers from being a starter I mean who knows man maybe he can really make an impact i don't know man you tell me bro i, I want to know how you feel bro yeah so i guess before before we talk about like the fit and how he's going to play um like, like you said man he took a hit to his pride um look i regardless of how i feel about russell westbrook as a player or whatever just the way he was treated on the way out you know the reports that came out about him in the locker room whatever i don't think that's really fair to him at all um yeah it's a uh, it's kind of just kicking him on white while he was down that's not fair like he was and he's not absolved for blame obviously for the lakers he was a problem he wasn't the only problem right uh for that team so you know i i i'm happy for him that he's out of that situation and he seems to be happy like he, on his post his um his introductory press conference or whatever he said that it really means a lot to him to be somewhere where he's wanted like kind of like which was not the case really for the lakers they've been trying to ship him out for like the last year and a half basically um, so I'm happy for him that he has that. Um, just going straight to the basketball fit. My my concerns with Russ have never been about what he is as a player because I know what he is as a player, right? Like we've talked about it, that the difference between Russ and other guys as they age, like like for example, I look at two guys like who played with Russ just last year, Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard, right? These guys they realized they were past their, they weren't who they were at their peak anymore. And they were able to slide into roles, you know, as, as role players, they were able to become that. And 
that's not just because they were able to swallow their pride and do it, but also because they have the like the skill set to do that, right? Like Carmelo Anthony was always a good shooter. He could become like a high volume three point shooter who plays like 15, 20, 25 minutes off the bench at most, right? Dwight Howard had the skill set to become just a competent backup big, which he was for like two years, you know, with the Lakers. And then he was, he was, he wasn't great last year, but he was, he was okay ish in Philadelphia. Um, but Russ, like we talked about it, man, Russ really does not have the skill set to become a complimentary player. Like he, Russell Westbrook, credit to him for a long time, he was incredibly successful playing one way, not just in like an individual standpoint, even though he was very successful. He made it, he won MVP, he's made multiple All Stars, multiple All NBAs, but even at a team level, like he made the conference finals multiple times, he made a finals, but that player is not there anymore. Uh, so, it's it's weird. It, I I don't know how he's gonna fit, but my biggest concern with Russ, like because like I just said, I know what type of player he is. It's it's Ty Lue. I don't know, and I'm very concerned about how Ty Lue is going to use him because like we talked about it, and I don't I think we might have discussed it, but the process has been bad for the Clippers all year. Um, in that Ty Lue has continued to lean on guys because of their name and because of their position, even if there's better players behind them. And I worry that, that Ty is going to do the same thing that he did with John and particularly Reggie Jackson. Uh, but yeah, I feel like he's going to do the same thing with Russ and it's going to really hurt the team. So sorry if I went on a bit, too, a bit long. I, I want to hear your opinion on that. No, you, you do make a good case. Honestly, like it really does come down to the coach. Like, for example, um, the coach of the Lakers, like he he really put Russ in his place in terms of like, all right, you're going to come off the bench. Like, he made that decision, and that's one of the reasons why Russ was kind of able to change the way he plays. Like, yes, his usage went down, like, and all those other factors, but he did adjust a little bit. And like you said before, like, it's not the same, like, kind of changing play styles like Melo, Carmelo did, but it's still something different for Russ. And I know, like, it's been over a year, you know, it's been – we're so far into the season and even part of last year. Um, where Russ has had to adapt and change to his play style. But I don't know, man. Like, it really does depend on Ty Lue, like, how he wants to use him. Um, honestly, I think I think the Clippers have pretty good depth as it is. I mean, they were winning games without before they signed Russ. Like, with the new roster they built with uh, Plumlee and Highland and Eric Gordon, those were all really good additions, in my opinion. I mean, they, they flipped two of the worst point guards um, that were on their team. And, you know they kind of slid uh, Terrence Mann to the starting point guard role, who, by the way, has been fantastic. He's been really, really good. Um, and I really like that move. But I don't know, with Russ coming back, do, do you know if he'll come off the bench? Is that like a guaranteed t- thing? or is that? Like... Yeah, so so unfortunately, Russ is going to start today. Oh. The starting lineup will likely be Russ, Paul George, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, and, and Mason Plumlee, Zubats is out. Um, I think he has a calf strain, I think. Uh, don't Don't hold me to that. Yeah, and like we were talking about, like you just said, Terrence has played really well as a starter. Um, he's been really, like, the Clippers just tend to get off to slow starts in games. They usually have to play from behind to play catch-up most games. Terrence has been, like, a reason that hasn't been the case recently. He's been playing really well. He was, I think he was probably our best player or second-best player against Phoenix. Um, he was incredible that game, defending Chris Paul, defending Devin Booker, just, you know, making smart plays, cutting, all of that stuff. All the stuff that you just want, like, a role player to do. You know, be confident in a three-point shot. And that's the problem. I don't know if I can trust Russ to do any of that. Like, 
we talked, like you just said, we traded away two of the worst point guards. Forget in the rotation, in the NBA. John Wall was arguably the worst point guard in the NBA. Outside of that guy in Houston, named, I think Dacian Nix, who Rockets fans, I know Rockets fans hate him. He sucks too. But John Wall was atrocious this year for us. And we traded him. We traded Reggie, who Reggie had some good stretches. But like, like I said before, Ty just let him play through mistakes and didn't have, didn't hold him accountable enough, right? We moved away from those two guys. And yeah, we didn't have a traditional point guard on the roster. But we have guys who are just better players, right? Like Norman Powell, Eric Gordon, and Terrence Mann. And Bones Highland struggled, but Bones was going to be out of the rotation anyway this year. Like we talked about it, that's more of a future thing than it is a now thing. So Eric, Gordon, uh, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann. These guys are just playing really well. Who cares if they were, weren't point guards? So now we went from that to signing Russ, who's going to be starting. I really hope that this Russ starting thing is just a trial thing. I, I really hope that this is not something permanent. because. I just don't think he makes much much sense as a starter. Like we talked about it, like we just talked about it. Russ can only play one way, right? The only way, if Russell Westbrook is a part of your rotation, you have to maximize him. And to do that, he has to play the ball-dominant style. And with the starting lineup, we don't need that. We just need guys who can play off Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And when when Ty tried putting John Wall with you know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, like it didn't work because John Wall can't shoot. Teams don't guard him. Teams just double, you know, and throw extra defense at Kawhi in the post. So I don't I don't see it in the starting lineup. I think it would be best if he's benched. Um, I just don't see it happening, which is kind of why I've, I've kind of given up on us this year. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of big changes coming in the offseason. But, yeah, that's all I really had to say about that. Yo, on the right side, at the very least, the best Paul George has ever played was alongside Russell Westbrook. And I know Terrence Mann has been playing good, but, you know, I'll be honest, Russell Westbrook is a better playmaker than he is. Like, I, I, I seen, um, I was watching that Phoenix Suns game and man was trying to make the right plays, but it just felt like he wasn't, he wasn't able to because that's just not who he is as a player yet. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. I don't know if that makes you feel better. Um, especially the PG news. I don't know, man. That might help a little bit, but yeah, man. As somebody who didn't want Russell Westbrook, Enjoy the Clippers. I hope that makes you feel a little bit better. Yo, so okay, so my my opinion on Russ. Uh, look, I think there are some places I think Russ can help. This is a team that still, even with the I I think the Eric Gordon addition is kind of underrated in that this is a guy who can still get to the rim, he can get to the free throw line. He did that a couple of times against the Suns. He's willing to take these deep threes. You know, we talked about it. I was a little down on the Eric Gordon trade because I didn't know what version of Eric Gordon we were going to get. Um, he's played really well. His defense against in Phoenix, you know, against Devin Booker in the fourth quarter was really impressive. I don't know if that's sustainable, but he was really good at that game. Um, but this is that's still an area I think Russ can help him. Norman Powell, Eric Gordon are three guys who can get to the rim. We need that. You know, Russ doesn't finish well at the rim. He hasn't finished well at the rim this year. Like he's like I showed you the graphic or I showed you the stats that John Wall actually finished better at the rim this year than Russ. Um, but. I think that's something that, that Russ can help with. He can still get by his guy in a way John Wall just couldn't in the half court. Uh, Russ is still really good at passing, you know, out of out of you know paint touches and whatnot. He's not he's not really efficient as a playmaker in the pick and roll anymore. He's like ranked 100th out of 109 players in pick and roll efficiency now. He ranks lower than Paul George, which is funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I think there are certain areas Russ can help. I just I just worry that Ty Lue overextends him and plays him too many minutes because that's kind of what he's done all year. 
Uh, I would love to be proven wrong, like, but I, I just, with, with what we've seen this year, I, I don't think I will be, sadly. Yo, uh, before we end this pod, let me get a best case scenario for Russ on the Clippers and a worst case scenario for him on the Clippers, like his impact. Like team-wise or? Yeah, no, no, no. So like his impact to the team, like what's the best he can be for them and then what's the worst he can be for them? Do you mean like, what impact do you mean like team success or? Yeah, well, kind of his role and success. I don't know. So so role, I would say role and success. I guess I, I, I would say role. I think it would best for he, be for him to come off the bench. I think as a bench point guard who does not play too much with Kawhi because like, like I mentioned, he just doesn't fit with Kawhi because Kawhi does a lot of his work in the post um, and teams just won't guard him. They'll just send extra attention. So as a bench point guard who plays, you know, with Norman Powell, plays with spacing around him, and I think that guy can be helpful. I still think we're behind Phoenix and Denver. If we avoid both of them, in the bracket, I think we could get to the conference finals, but we're going to lose there very likely to either team if we play them. Um, worst case scenario is that he continues to be a starter. It doesn't work out. The Clippers lose games down the stretch because they're they're kind of in the middle, right? They're in the pack of all these teams who they're, they could lose two games and fall into the play-in, or they could win two games and be the third seed. So they're, they're kind of in that mix with all those other teams. Like, they're in there with, like, the Wolves and the Warriors, uh, and, you know, um, Phoenix is in there as well. Phoenix is obviously really, really good now. We don't have to worry about them, really. Uh, so worst-case scenario is they lose games, they fall even into the play-in, and they lose there, or they lose in the first round because Ty Lue is not willing to pull Russ if Russ is not playing well. So, yeah, there's a pretty high variance. I think this year was, after the Kevin Durant move, was kind of, I don't want to say cooked, but it kind of was. Uh, and I just, I just don't like this move. I would love to be proven wrong, though. I would love to be proven wrong. I think that sums up really good. I mean, he is a very high variance level player, so I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, yeah, man. Honestly, man, this might be like a really weird take, but I feel like he would be a great situational player, like kind of what the like what the Celtics are doing with like Blake Griffin, where they'll put him in certain nights and have him not play for a couple of nights. Not to that extent, but I could kind of see where like. The Clippers are down six or, they, you know, they just gave up like a 7-0 run and now they're starting to lose lead or maybe they're down and it kind of feels like they're out of the game. Just to kind of insert him to bring energy, like he doesn't have to necessarily have the ball in his hands. Just kind of like, you know, get one of those, like a chase down block or, you know, like a like a steal or, you know, kind of pushing the tempo. You, you see what I did there? Kind of forced, but I had to. But uh, something like to, that. You're trying know? to get my back for real with that one. I am, man. I stole that from you, bro. I got lie. You did. Yeah. But anyways, you, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, I can kind of see him being used more situationally, which I highly doubt will happen. But, yeah. Yeah, so so I guess I guess this is just the last thing I want to touch on. Like, we were talking about the Bulls earlier. I really – this is not just because I didn't want my team to sign Russ. This is really what I thought. I really think the best situation for him would not – would be one where they, he, he does – there's not a ton of expectation. Like the Clippers have a ton of expectations on them, and they haven't like looked the part at all this season. Like they've looked good for certain stretches, and then they look like shit, right? For a lot of the season, the best situation for Russ to rebuild his value would have been going to like Chicago or going to Washington or staying in Utah, playing for these teams that don't have a ton of expectations that he could go and he could fit in or he could put up numbers for. And you know whether or not they succeed, it kind of rebuilds his rep, right? Like people. When people talk about his one year in Washington, what do they talk about? 
they talk about the fact that that team was not good for like the first half of the year. Russ broke the triple-double record. He played at a very high level and helped that team get into the playoffs. They don't talk about the fact that Play. He, he was not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they, they, made, they made the playoffs as well, too, though, right? So it's like they don't talk about that. The Wizards were terrible for like the first half of the season, and Russ did not play well, right? He obviously closed the season strong, but people don't talk about that. And people don't talk about that like, he was bad at the playoffs that year. Like, he was really bad in the playoffs against Philadelphia. He got outplayed by Ben Simmons in the playoffs. Um, so I, I really think a situation where there were not a ton of expectations would have probably been the best for him. I don't want to say that he'll be out of the league after this year if he underperforms. There's a chance it might happen. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate on that. But I really think in terms of just rebuilding his rep and, you know, for future career prospects, I really think the best situation for him would have been like a low, a low stakes situation. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, man, uh, after getting like the list of teams that were interested in him, I thought the Wizards the Bulls, were the best. The fit. Heat, I think the Wizards, and mm-hmm. he could have stayed in Utah. I think those I, are- I really like that Wizards fit for him. I mean, it's a team that actually surprisingly has a lot of talent, but they're not expected to do anything. So adding him in, you know, he'd instantly be the starter, starting point guard, in my opinion. I don't know, man. I felt like that would have been a lot more fun. But yeah, it is what it is. All right, I guess that's it for the pod. Um, appreciate you guys for listening. It's been fun. Kyle, my guy, it's been fun, man. Uh, I wish the best for your team, the Clippers. Hopefully our two teams will meet in the playoffs, man. That'll be fun. Hey, I, I wish I wish the best too, but I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, your yeah. team is good. I hate I hate hearing you complain about the Celtics, man. It's like, man, I hate Carl <laughs> so much. And then look up and your team's like 44 and 17. It's like, man, shut up. Bro, dude, you don't understand, man. The, yeah, the I, I know it's it's hard. It's hard watching the a forty five win seventeen loss team that just made finals. I know, man. It's so difficult. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, you know, it, it it wasn't always this way, man. It wasn't always this way. Isaiah Thomas year is here. He's gonna be bad. Yeah, the team won like fifty games, man. That team was not no slouch either. I mean, the team made the conference finals a couple times. And they did. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. All right. I'll catch you guys later in the next pod. Uh, peace out, Kyle, man. Peace.